Well, good morning, everyone. You are uh, very welcome um, here today. And uh, we have a few people uh, watching uh, next door in the lounge on the screen in there. And we have uh, uh, a number of people on Zoom. So however you're uh, taking part this morning, uh, you're really welcome. Um, some of you, this is some of you. This is your first time here, and uh, we're really delighted to to have you with us. Hope you feel at home, and uh, really hope you're able to come again. Um, so we love, uh, and some of some of you have come back. Lydia, hello, Lydia. Lydia's back. So it's great to great to see you. Sadly, though, we um, not everybody comes back, um, <laughs> other than Jesus. Um, but. Um, Jude and James and uh, Joey, good grief, old age, um, are moving on Tuesday and uh, just later in the service we're going to be uh, just praying for, for the family. Um, unfortunately for Chloe, she's going to be staying with us for a while, so pray for, pray for Chloe, for patience, for strength to cope with, uh, with, with me um, at home. Um, and uh, <laughs> please do join us uh, for tea and coffee and cake after the service uh, next door, um, just to celebrate, uh, uh, celebrate and bless them as they go. Um, I don't want to say celebrate they're going because we're not, but we're sad. But you know what I mean. Uh, Mark's going to come up and give a, a notice about a barbecue on Saturday, which you are all invited to. Hiya. So um, I hope most of you are aware that we have a barbecue next Saturday um, out in the front car park. We've ordered weather like this, so it should be good. Um, but we do need some help still. So we want you to, to come along and enjoy the food and invite friends and neighbours and everything along to the barbecue. But if you wanted to help serving or tidying up or clearing up or drinks or whatever if you can see me or janine that would be really helpful um there are a few bits and pieces that spaces that we need to fill so if you if you fancy coming down to help come and speak to me or janine and uh, we'll fill you in on the details and work out where best you can serve thank you thanks mark um just, just a reminder that there is uh, a minute's uh, silence uh, for the Queen at eight o'clock tonight. So if you're able to uh, celebrate that at home, observe that, then please do. Um, we won't be uh, meeting tomorrow morning for prayer or for, uh, or for coffee stop. We're, we're just encouraging people to take the time to watch the service at home at 11 o'clock. So please do take that opportunity to, to what, if you're able to watch that service uh, tomorrow morning, assuming you're, you're not at work, of course. But um, we, we, we're having the day to reflect and uh, on, uh, not, not meeting tomorrow. One other, few other things. Next, next Sunday um, is our BMS um, Harvest Appeal for Nepal called Good Land. So if you could come ready to, to give, we'll be showing a video uh, next week about that. There are envelopes available on the desk just out there if you'd like to take one um, to, to 
come ready to, to give next Sunday, or you can give uh, uh, in the envelope next, next week. Um, on the next week, we will be um, blessing the food bank contributions. Um, we felt um, sort of a couple of weeks ago that it would be really good to pray for all the food bank food uh, next Sunday. So we, we'll have that at the front um, here next Sunday and then pray for it as it's distributed out uh, into, the, into the community. Um, just a reminder, there is an Alpha course coming up as well, um, which starts on Tuesday the 27th of September um, here um, at 7.30 with a meal and um, the video course to find out more about Christianity. Please, uh, please bring, uh, invite people to come along and to take part in that. It's a great opportunity to share Jesus uh, with others. But if you, if you want to come along and just do a refresher course in Christianity, please do come uh, as well. So Tuesday the 27th of September uh, in the hall next door. Um, church meeting for members this Tuesday, 7.30. We'll be meeting in here as the lights are still being uh, done uh, next door. So uh, Tuesday evening, 7.30 in here for the church meeting. Let's pray as we come to worship. Jesus, as we uh, are taking this time of mourning to reflect on, on the life of the Queen, Lord Jesus, we, we do pray for that service tomorrow. We do pray, uh, Lord, as the nation comes together to remember and reflect and give thanks for our Queen and for her faith in Jesus Christ. Lord, we, we, we pray that as we gather here today, Jesus, we, we are coming together to honour and to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords the one whom the Queen served and loved and followed all of her life. We come, Jesus, today to honour you as the King of Kings, and we are here to, to worship you, to honour you, to revere you, to love you, to serve you. And so we lay down our lives before you, and we ask, Spirit of God, that you would move in power among us. Show us Jesus today, we pray. In his name, amen. Let's stand to worship Jesus.
started in the wrong key I was a bit confused <laughs> and they're going keep going Steve keep going right should we just do a C together or D we're doing it in C yeah, that's my fault 
right. Hey, these things happen. And why was I thinking B flat? It's the last one that's in B flat. Here we go. How great the cow. Oh, that's much better. That lay between us. How high the Salvation in your name. 
where you are if you want to speak out prayers of adoration thanksgiving praise uh, uh somebody will come to you with a with a microphone if you're on zoom please feel free to unmute and to share thank you jesus Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. For God so loved me, so loved the world, that he gave his only son, who died for me, so I should not perish, but have eternal life. For God didn't send his son in the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe in him stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of his one, his only son. Mm. I praise you, God, for your loving mercy towards me, towards us here. Bless your holy name. Mm. Amen. Amen. Lord said to Jeremiah, As a thief is shamed when caught, so Israel shall be shamed, for they have turned their backs on me. All the earth is mine. The eyes of the Lord are towards the righteous and his ears towards their cry. Obey my voice and keep my commandments, and you will be my chosen people again mm. on the day when I shall act. This day will come when wickedness will burn like fire. Mountains will quake and the earth will be laid waste. 
Who can stand against the Lord's indignation? Mm. Elijah will come in spirit and in power to restore things. Mm. And with righteousness, I will judge the meek and I will smite the earth with my rod of my mouth, said the Lord. Mm. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Christ is our, uh, our rock, our foundation, um, yeah. the hymn that Christ is the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Beautiful Saviour, glorious Lord, Emmanuel, blessed Of the, of the Queen and her faith in you and her belief in you, Lord, her trust in you, her, uh, the, her, the life that she lived, Lord, was for you, dedicated to your work through her, through how she served us as a, a nation, uh, as a country, Lord. We just particularly bring her whole family to you at this particular time, Lord, and I really do pray that you will continue to bless them in the way that you've blessed the Queen, Lord. We just thank you for her example to you, Lord, and we, we just thank you for your answered prayer, Lord. We've seen so many times, God save our gracious queen, Lord, and you did save her, Lord. She reigned long over us, Lord, and we really do pray at this particular time that something of that message of faith that she showed will come through to each one of us, Lord. You're not a God just of the kings and queens and, and those in privilege. You're a God of us, Lord. You, want to, you stooped down. You de gave your life to us, Lord, that we might have life in you. We might know salvation that you took all our guilt and shame when you died and rose again. Praise your name. Hallelujah, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Bless you. Bless you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Please be seated. Um, can I ask uh, if James and Jude and Chloe could come up? I'm just going to pray for you as you uh, make this move. Microphone. Oh, I think Nigel's going to join me as well. Was Nigel around? Somewhere? Do you want to come up here, guys? Whoever wants to. So, just going to, just really for to ask you, uh, guys, can whoever wants to answer. Um, when, when, when are you moving and where are you going to? 
How is moving in with you? Yes. <laughs> and we are shimmying all the way up north, about eight miles east of Liverpool, to a place called Eccleston. And when are you going? Tuesday. So, what would you like prayer for today? Um, James starts his new job on the 3rd of October. Um, and in terms of everything else, I'm not, we're not really sure what will mm. be. So prayers as we um, seek a new church. Yeah. Um, and our house purchase kind of we pulled out of. So prayers as we find a church first and then seek a home which is close to that church in that community so that we would find the right community that God wants us in. Yeah, yeah. Anything else? Or is that the main? Um, and yeah, to pray for Joey um, yeah. and us as we live together and um, he needs to get a job. Pray yes. gets a job. Learns <laughs> is key. Yeah, great. And for Chloe and for James as they um, are here, and I know that you'll look after them very, very well, <laughs> and um, that their flat would go through mm. now with no issues. And yeah, press for us all because we're really excited, but it's also going to be really hard mm. um, as well, especially with the union and all of you. And um, yeah, so prayers for all of those emotions. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Sure. Nigel, would you join us up here? We'll pray for these guys. Lord, we just want to thank you for this, uh, this family. Lord, thank you for the years of service that we've shared together. Lord, bless you that you've brought them to this new stage in their life. And we ask you now, Lord, to strengthen them with the power of your spirit as they prepare to move on Tuesday. Lord, just go ahead of them. I pray for your peace to guard their hearts and their minds in Christ Jesus. I pray, Lord, that you would prepare for them the home that they're going to move into. Go ahead of them, Lord, and provide friends. Provide a really good church. Lord, please provide um, a, a job for Chloe. Joey. Oh, dear. <laughs> But Lord, I, I, pray, I pray your blessing on James as he takes up a, a new job it's very soon. Just pray, Lord, that you'd fill him with your wisdom, your strength. I pray that you'd settle in really well and quickly there. Lord, I pray for Chloe. Um, Lord, I pray that you'd just be with her and, uh, Lord, just comfort her. Um, and Lord, particularly be with her as she's got to live with me and Sarah. <laughs> I pray you'd bless her richly, Lord, in, in that. I pray for Jude, Lord, that you would uh, just fill her with your presence and peace. And Lord, help her to find a new role up there near Liverpool. Lord, just provide for this family in every way, we pray. Just bless them with your spirit now, in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Yes, Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for this uh, wonderful, uh, loving family, Lord. I just thank you for who they are and uh, what they represent, Lord. They're, they've been an inspiration to us all. And uh, mm. Father, we know that they face their challenges like any family, but Lord, you've brought them through, mm. and we give you thanks for that. And now as they face this new challenge, Lord, of uh, moving and uh, all the disruption that will cause, Lord, I pray that you would again undertake all those practical things that need to be sorted out, um, that uh, James would be able to settle into his job in the third uh, and just be able to establish himself quickly, Lord. Uh, pray for, for the housing situation, Lord. Pray for Chloe as she settles back down here. And Lord, I had the privilege of meeting up with uh, Joey this week. And uh, uh, what a fine young man that uh, man has turned into, Lord. I just thank you for that. Thank you, Lord, that you've uh, brought him through all these trials uh, that he's had to face. Uh, bless him, Lord, and uh, as he seeks to find a job, I pray that uh, you would help him in that and that uh, he'll find the right job, Lord. Um, so, Lord, so, so much to pray for, uh, so much to give thanks for, Lord. And uh, we just, again, just uh, bring this family to you and raise them to you in Jesus' name. to put into words just how thankful we are as a family and you know a million thank yous I don't want to name names because I'm thankful to all of you um you know you're our church family wherever we are you're still our brothers and sisters in Christ and it's just been such a privilege to be able to serve here um, on such a fabulous leadership team and to serve in just so many areas of ministry you know especially uh, small groups and toddlers and um, so many other things as well and I'm deeply thankful for you all for helping me for helping us um, to be the person that I am today following Jesus and I know that you'll continue to do that um, for Chloe so don't be stranger keep in touch and um, thank you bless you thank you, thank you. <laughs> We take up the uh, offering and uh, the children are going to, uh, to leave us. Thanks, Paul. So, Lord, we pray uh, for the children as they go out, for your blessing on, on them as they uh, meet together now in a different part of the building. Lord, bless their time together. May they grow in you. And, Lord, as we take up this offering now, we Thank you, Jesus, that you gave up the majesty and glory of heaven. You became poor for our sakes, that we might become rich uh, through faith in you. So, Lord, bless this money. Use it to glorify and honor your name locally, nationally, and throughout the world. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to uh, share communion together. Um, communion is open to anyone who loves and serves and follows Jesus Christ. You don't need to be a member of this church. Please do, if you're a follower and believer, um, and you serve and love Jesus, please take the bread and the wine. If for any reason you don't feel that you can, um, please just reflect on what these symbols represent, the bread, the body of Jesus broken 
sacrifice for us and the wine representing the blood of Jesus shed for the forgiveness of our sins. Please don't feel embarrassed to let the bread and the wine go by if you, if you don't feel able to take that today. You're very welcome to remain among us and uh, use the time uh, for prayer. Um, around the table, there'll be an open time of, of prayer after we've shared uh, in bread and wine together. That's an opportunity to pray uh, for our nation, for King Charles, for the funeral service tomorrow. Pray for uh, the response of our, of our nation, that the people would turn uh, to God in this time of mourning and time when we're all being confronted with the temporary nature of life. Pray that, you know, that there would be a response in our nation and also pray for those in our church who need healing, uh, who've had recent operations, those facing operations and those who need a touch of Christ's grace and mercy and help at this time. So can I ask the, uh, the service to come forward at this stage? And um, Sally Coulter is going to come and lead us in a prayer of thanksgiving for the bread and the wine. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for dying for us. Thank you for giving your life for us on a cross. And we just come before you now. We're not worthy, Lord, by anything we've done, but purely by your blood. And we just ask you to bless these elements now to us. We just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we remember what these elements represent to us. As Jesus took the bread, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is broken for you. And we remember that Jesus said, I am that living bread which has come down from heaven. And so as we feed on this living bread, the body of Jesus, we ask that the Holy Spirit would strengthen and feed us with the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we remember too that Jesus took a cup and after he had given thanks for it, he said, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And we remember that the blood of Jesus brought about our forgiveness, our cleansing from sin. And it's the blood of a new covenant relationship where the Holy Spirit lives within us and writes God's law on our hearts. So let's pray. Lord, as we come to bread and wine, we ask for your forgiveness again. Lord, we recognize that we haven't loved you with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, and with all our strength. And we haven't always loved our neighbor as ourselves. Thank you, Jesus, that your sacrifice pays the debt of our sin. So please forgive us and cleanse us from all sin and unrighteousness. And please, please now clothe us in your righteousness. And as we eat and drink, Send us your Holy Spirit to strengthen us with power. In Jesus' name, amen. And so we will take the bread uh, and eat it as we receive it.
Gutes. So we drink this with thanksgiving. An opportunity now to bring your prayers to God, petition and intercession for the needs of people in the world. Um, just ask again if you uh, could just put your hand up and somebody will come to you with the microphone. That would be great. Or if you're on Zoom, if you could unmute and pray. And it is so gratifying to see so many thousands of people who are prepared to stand for hours and hours to acknowledge her reign. Amen. Amen. Father God, we bring before you fresh the war in Ukraine. Father, such a loss of unnecessary loss of life. Father, we pray for peace to reign. Father, we pray that Ukraine will be reestablished as a nation and uh, Putin will just see the errors of his ways and his government. And, uh, so, Father, we, we do praise you for our, our brothers and sisters that have been able to find new homes and... Uh, a new life in another place. Thank you for hospitality. Thank you for their faith in you, Father. And uh, as they grieve a lot of loved ones, with families and lifestyles and homes, Father, we thank you that we can offer him here in a, in a different kind of way, a new home, a new lifestyle, a new place and purpose in life. Yes. So we bless our brothers and sisters here and you encourage them and strengthen them. Pray that those that are Christian, Lord, will find a place to worship and to love you and keep their spirit strong yeah. as they seek to serve you as they grieve for the loss of loved ones back home. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yes, Lord, we do pray that you would move in power.
power by your Holy Spirit at this time of national mourning. Lord, for the service tomorrow, um, we just pray, Lord, that that would be a fitting tribute to, to, to the Queen and her faith. But Lord, we pray even more than that, that your Spirit would be drawing people towards Jesus Christ at this time. Lord, our heart's desire is that in their mourning and in their contemplation about the temporary nature of life, people would reach out to you, Lord, at this time. Lord, help us as Christians to bear witness to the hope of Jesus Christ in our hearts that's for everyone. Lord, help us to take the opportunities that come our way to speak of the living hope in Jesus. Give us boldness, Lord, in that. But Lord, we pray that, that you would send your spirit in a powerful way to renew your church at this time and to awaken uh, the people, Lord, of this nation to seek Jesus Christ. Lord, that the legacy of the Queen's faith would continue in people turning to, to Jesus. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, we pray for those who are struggling with ill health, uh, those who have just had operations. Lord, we pray for healing um, for those who've had cataract operations. Lord, we pray that his eyes would heal up. Uh, Lord, we pray for Ian following his uh, recent uh, treatment. Lord, we just pray for healing of his skin on his face. Lord, we pray for Pauline and for Ju Judy Thomas with their recent uh, eye treatments. Lord, we just pray for healing and wholeness for them, as, uh, particularly as Paulie needs ongoing treatment on Tuesday. Lord, we pray for, for those who are struggling uh, with, with life, with pressures and strains and stresses on their health. We ask, Holy Spirit, that even now you would be visiting them with your grace, with your salvation, with your healing. And Lord, as we turn now to your living word, we ask that you would speak to us prophetically through it, Lord. Open our hearts to receive it, to understand it and obey it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, this is the last uh, in this series we've been doing on the book of Malachi. Um, um, we're, we're looking at Malachi 3, verses 13, to the end of the book, Malachi 4, verse 6. And uh, next Sunday, we're starting uh, a new series on prayer, which sort of uh, links in a little bit with uh, the prayer course that we're doing in small groups. So reading from Malachi chapter 3, verse 13. You have said harsh things against me, says the Lord. Yet you ask, what have we said against you? You have said it's futile to serve God. What did we gain by carrying out the requirements and going about like mourners before the Lord Almighty? But now we call the arrogant blessed, certainly the evildoers prosper, and even those who challenge God escape. Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other, and the Lord listened and heard. A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honoured his name. 
They will be mine, says the Lord Almighty, in the day when I make up my treasured possession. I will spare them, just as in compassion a man spares his son who serves him. And you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. Surely the day is coming. It will burn like a furnace. All the arrogant and every evildoer will be stubble. And that day is, that is coming will set them on fire, says the Lord Almighty. Not a root or a branch will be left to them. But for you who revere my name, the sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its wings. And you will go out and leap like calves released from the stall. Then you will trample down the wicked. They will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I do these things, says the Lord Almighty. Remember the law of my servant Moses, the decrees and laws I gave him at Horeb for all Israel. See, I will send the prophet Elijah before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, or else I will come and strike the land with a curse. Um, so I've called this the God of um, judgment and salvation because God uh, is both. He offers uh, salvation, rescue from final judgment, but he's also a God of perfect justice. And so there is um, a final judgment. Um, it's not a popular doctrine um, in our world, but it is biblical and it is coming out of the, the God of perfect justice. That's who he is. An ancient heretic in the church uh, called Marcion, who lived 85 to 160 AD, argued that, that we should reject uh, the Old Testament. Um, he argued that the Old Testament, quote, reveals a vindictive law-giving creator deity who bears no resemblance to the merciful redeeming God revealed in Jesus Christ. So Marcion ended up dividing God into two persons. Um, one is merciful and loving, the God of the New Testament, and the other is kind of judicial and harsh, the God of the Old Testament. Um, this makes God into a kind of two-faced deity. You never know which God you're going to get. Are you going to get the moody boss, or are you going to get the nice boss, depending on which side of the bed that they got out of? This is heresy, of course. God is utterly consistent in his character. Um, his mercy and his judgment are two sides of the same coin. It is possible to be both um, to hold people accountable and to be loving, of course. We know this from our own experience, don't we, is in, in life. That the truly loving people will hold children and relatives to account. It's not loving just to allow somebody to behave in any way that they want to without holding them to account, is it? There has to be some guidelines, some boundaries, some uh, discipline in life. And so God is the perfect judge, um, but he's also the one who shows perfect love and mercy and compassion. Uh, the problem that Marcion um, identified goes back though to the days of Malachi in 450 BC. The people of Israel, God's people, were accusing God of being two-faced, inconsistent. Listen to their accusations against God in verse 13. You have spoken arrogantly against me, says the Lord, yet you ask, 
What have we said against you? You have said it's futile to serve God. What do we gain by carrying out his requirements and going about like mourners? But now we call the arrogant blessed. Certainly evildoers prosper, and even when they put God to the test, they get away with it. The great irony here is that the peop- most of the people of Israel were not um, serving God faithfully. They were no better than the evil people that they felt were prospering. That's the irony. Um, they weren't giving tithes. They weren't looking after the poor and the vulnerable in their society. The, many of the men were divorcing their wives in order to marry pagan women. And as a result, they were suffering covenant curses of drought, economic hardship, famine, disease, precisely because they weren't following God's laws. So they were calling other nations wicked when they themselves were failing to observe God's law. Um, It's a human trait, isn't it? We find fault in others and miss the plank in our own eye. You know, we're looking at the speck in our neighbor's eye and missing the plank in ours. There's three aspects of God's judgment and salvation that I want us to explore today. First question, where is God's justice when evil people seem to prosper or get away with it? Um, Why does Vladimir Putin appear to get away with atrocities? It's It's a question, isn't it, that we ask. How long, we cry out, Lord, must I look at injustice in the world? That's a cry of the heart, isn't it? But also as Christians, we sometimes serve God faithfully and it appears that we can sometimes suffer more than others. Anybody notice that? Now, all people on planet Earth suffer in some way to different degrees. But being a Christian brings a different angle to suffering. When you become a Christian, you are subject to persecution and spiritual attack. Um, Now, of course, people who are not Christians can come under spiritual attack, but as a Christian, you are particularly vulnerable to Satan's um, tools. He uses discouragement. He uses difficult circumstances, even sickness, to try to derail our faith. And so there is a particular level of suffering that we as Christians um, become aware of. Sometimes people say to me when they've just become a Christian, Well, I was, you know, my problems have got worse. And part of that is because we become aware that we're in a spiritual battle when we become a Christian. Temptation becomes even more real than it was before. We become more aware of evil. And of course, we become more aware of the work of Satan. And so at one level, there is a greater suffering that comes when we become a Christian. But I find many people today who are not Christians say this, how can there be a God of love and justice when evil people prosper and get away with evil deeds? How can a loving God allow evil people to prosper and get away with it? People today have no problem with the idea of a God who loves and forgives. I've found that. The problem people have is the idea that God holds human beings accountable to how we treat and relate to him. That's not so popular. (laughs) And this critique of God has caused some Christians to move into heresy, the heresy of universalism. 
Um, Rob Bell used to do, uh, it was a sort of youth worker back uh, 10, 20 years ago probably, and he used to do some quite good videos called the NUMA videos. Some of you may have seen them. We use them with young people. But he's moved into universalism. In other words, he believes in his book, Love Wins, that love, the love of God means that everybody, regardless of how they've responded to God, will get into heaven. It'll all be okay in the end, according to Rob Bell. In other words, he doesn't like the judgment side of God's love. He only wants one side of the coin. He only wants love and mercy and no judgment. How can there be, though, no judgment and justice in the world? If everything works out okay and everybody gets into heaven, how does that pan out and sound to people who are losing homes and family members in the world today? I'll leave that for you to think about. The New Testament is totally and utterly consistent with the Old Testament. So against Marcion, the heretic, there is no difference between the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament. And I'm just about to show you that in Jesus we have a parable that shows this. Jesus spoke about hell and judgment a lot, okay? He did. It's just people today choose to ignore it. Preachers skip past those passages, right? But it's there. The God of the New Testament is exactly the same as the God of the Old Testament. He's a God of love, but he's also a God of judgment who holds us accountable. If you don't believe me, listen to this parable that Jesus told, Matthew 13. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. While everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling up the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. There is a day coming when Jesus will finally separate the wheat from the weeds. But until then, they grow together. There will be evil in the world, growing alongside those who love and serve and trust Jesus. That's what the word says. But there is also a day when Jesus will separate the wheat from the weeds, when he comes again. The wheat are all those who have trusted in Jesus and will be gathered into bundles and will join Jesus in eternity in heaven. The weeds are all those who have rejected Jesus Christ and they will be burned up, which means that they will be separated from Jesus. I like how C.S. Lewis puts this in his book, The Great Divorce. He says that those who have rejected Jesus in this life will get their choice in eternity, right? You get what you choose. It is not that God is forcing on people hell. They've chosen to reject God. 
Uh, sometimes the accusation is leveled against Christians, but what about those who've never heard? Look, how I've come across so many testimonies written and oral of, of Muslims and others who have had dreams and visions of Jesus where the word has not even gone into remote mountain village areas god's revelation by dreams and visions has caused people to turn to jesus god will get the word out there it's how we respond malachi even prophesied all this in his uh, verse one the burning up of the weeds here it is Surely the day is coming, it will burn like a furnace. All the arrogant and every evildoer will be stubble, and the day that is coming will set them on fire. Not a root or branch will be left. Now the accusation against God at this point is often this. Why should I, and I know this because I had this conversation with somebody over a, over a meal, a non-Christian. The, the accusation was this. Why should I be judged by God the same as an evil person like Putin, just because I have chosen not to accept Jesus. This is arrogant and unfair of God. It, and that's, that's often how it's pitched, isn't it? I'm a good person. Okay, I've chosen to reject Jesus Christ. That's my choice. So who is God to condemn me to an eternal separation from him? I'm nowhere near as evil as Hitler or Putin. Sounds convincing, doesn't it? And from a, a secular humanistic point of view, you can understand why that argument is made, can't you? However, from a Christian point of view, we would say we are not the final arbiters of justice. Human beings did not create the world and did not create justice. God created the world and he created us to love and serve and follow him. If we put human beings at the center as those who have the power to judge others, that is idolatry. That sets us up against God, who is the only judge and creator. Now, I didn't, me and this lady didn't agree, and that's okay, but we still were civil and nice to each other and polite. But you see, I wanted her to know that there is a God. I wanted her to know that we are not the center of the world, that we don't get to judge others only God is the perfect judge um, sometimes you have to have those conversations with people if you're going to be true to the gospel right I don't mind offending people when it's about Jesus because their eternal destiny is at stake right <laughs> I have to get over myself here if I don't tell them who's going to tell them they're not going to be thanking me if I hadn't told them. So let's get over our polite, reserved Englishness about there's people's eternal destiny at stake. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> uh, in an interview on TV years ago, Billy Graham was once asked this, how can God send people to hell? How is that fair? People who try to live a good life, how can God send them to hell? And he said, I'm not going to answer your question. I'm going to ask you a question to the interviewer. And here's what he said. Why should God offer to save anyone? Think about it. Why should God, the creator, offer to save any of us who've rejected him? 
Good question, isn't it? And the interviewer was silent. They're not asking the right question. Second, the day of the Lord means judgment or salvation. In the book of Malachi, the final day of judgment is called the day of the Lord. Verse 5. See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before the great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. Elijah, by the way, here is prophesying John the Baptist. John the Baptist identified himself with Elijah. He was like another Elijah, preparing the way for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Old Testament and the New Testament, you see, are of one piece. That the Old Testament consistently prophesies Jesus, right? Here it is. The day of the Lord. And Peter, in 2 Peter 3, picks up this theme, the day of the Lord, when Jesus will return in judgment. 2 Peter 3, verse 10, here it is. But the day of the Lord, there it is, will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with the roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. The New Testament, the Old Testament are one. No division. Marcion, you're wrong. Rob Bell, you're wrong. And the book of Malachi makes a distinction between the truly righteous in Israel and the wicked who reject God. Here it is. Thank goodness that there were a few in Israel, a righteous remnant, who believed and trusted in Jesus or in God at that time, right? And God says, they will be my treasured possessions. I will spare them just as a father has compassion and spares his son who serves him. And you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. Right? The distinction that Jesus makes between the wheat, his followers, and the weeds. The righteous and those who reject God. Malachi looks ahead in his prophecy and he speaks of Jesus 450 years before the coming of John the Baptist and Jesus. This is what Malachi prophesies in Malachi 4.2. But for you who revere my name, the son of righteousness, that's Jesus, by the way, will rise with healing in its rays and you will go out and frolic like well-fed calves. Isn't that a wonderful picture? Those who trust in Jesus will experience the healing of the sun's rays and they will frolic like newborn calves. It's a beautiful picture. If you've ever seen a calf being born, um, I grew up in a farming area, and, and I used to do a lot of hay baling, stacking, and looking after cows and all that And when I lived in Wiltshire. And I saw, I got to see on farms, calves being born. Incredible thing. When they kick and they frolic, They've got so much energy and excitement and joy to be alive and to, try, and to get walking as quickly as they can. And that's a picture of the new birth, the new life, new energy, new vitality, new excitement that Jesus gives people, right? Yes. New life. And here's Luke picking up on this prophecy of Malachi in Luke chapter 1, verse 78. Because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. Don't we need this? As we mourn our queens passing tomorrow, doesn't the world need this good news? 
There is only one source of peace in this life, and it's Jesus. He's the rising sun who dispels the darkness and the gloom of the world in which we live. He's the joy giver. He's the one who makes calves leap with joy and excitement and energy. We have good news to bring to a hurting, broken, dark world, don't we? Jesus is the son of righteousness who dispels the gloom and the darkness. And thirdly and lastly, we are called to live righteous lives in preparation for judgment day. Malachi says this in Malachi 4 verse 6. He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents or else I will come and strike the land with total destruction. What God is saying here through Malachi is, look, relationships will be restored in families. God is our father in heaven and he, he will restore relationships with his children, his people in that day. When Jesus came, and when people turned to him, relate, the relationship with God as our loving Heavenly Father was restored, reconciled, healed. That's the good news. That's the news that our world needs to hear. Life doesn't go on forever. Even our queen doesn't go on forever. Only Jesus is eternal. Our world needs to hear the good news. And our world needs us to live godly and holy lives so that we show others what following Jesus looks like until he comes again. Listen to what Peter says in 2 Peter 3, 11. You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. That's how you prepare for the coming of Jesus again. Live your life following, serving, loving him, so that the day of judgment, the day of the Lord, will be a day of joy and celebration when he says to you and me, come and inherit all that I've died and risen again for. Come and inherit a new heaven and a new earth with me. Isn't that wonderful? That's what Jesus will say to all those who have kept the faith and persevered and journeyed with him throughout their lives. That's what the king, that's what, G, that's what the queen has now received, an eternal inheritance. What about you? What about me? Will we be found spotless and blameless in Christ when we meet with him again? Let's turn now to the Holy Spirit and ask that he would purify us. He would clean us and strengthen us that we would live holy and godly lives in obedience to Jesus Christ. We're called to live holy lives even in the face of suffering and difficulty. Some of you today are struggling with doubt, with fear, struggling with the future, struggling with health. And Jesus would say to you, commit again to me 
Be prepared, ready for my coming. Live holy and godly lives in the power of the Spirit. Then you will enjoy an eternal inheritance. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for this promise of the day of the Lord, which will be a day of celebration for all those who keep the faith. Lord, strengthen us with the power of your Spirit. Holy Spirit, purify our hearts. Strengthen us with power that we might continue to walk through suffering, through the trials, with joy, with thanksgiving, and with perseverance. Lord, I pray for those who are struggling today that you would just come by your spirit and help them to hold on to you, Jesus, that they would walk with you each step of the way. So come, Holy Spirit, and help us all, strengthen us all, in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to uh, finish with, uh, oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Let's stand to, to sing. Oh, praise
Amen. Amen. Please, uh, please join us next door for cake, and tea and coffee and uh, have a chat with Jude and James um, as they go. And, uh, but there may well be some of you who are really struggling and going through the, the, the trials. I really invite you to remain in here. There's a prayer team. We would love to pray with you. We'd love to pray that God's spirit would come and strengthen you in the trials and sufferings that you're going through. So please uh, remain in here and there'll be members of the prayer team who will come alongside and just pray with you um, to continue on in your faith and to finish the race. So Lord, we just ask now that you would just come Holy Spirit and strengthen us with your power again. Fill us anew. May your purifying fire uh, refine us and uh, may we be found indeed spotless and blameless, Jesus, on the day of your coming. In Jesus' name, amen.